I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Welcome back to An Omnia Paratus. I'm Jay, like the letter. And I'm Angela, also known as AVO. Angela, I have a bone to pick with you. Oh no, okay. August 28th, 2020. I have a list of ideas for the podcast of various things I'd like to speak of. Specifically on August 28th. Yeah, that's when I put the notes in my notes app. And I haven't touched it, so it would give me the correct date. August 28th, 2020 at 4.50 p.m. Oh, right, in the past. Okay, continue. Did we think I, like... I forgot it was 2021 for a while. I'm back now. Got it. In here, I have... One of them is plurals or groups, such as dreams (laughs) of paper, flocks of crows, coals de sac. Which came first? The plural or the singular? Do I have to guess? No, no, no. I'm just listing the other one I have, which somehow, three months later, you seem to think you thought of, were alternatives to saying sorry. Oh my god, seriously? Yes, I told you this multiple times. I've told you that I thought of this months ago. I could sue. Man, would you like to? Would you like to leave this episode? No. (laughs) But I just need it on record that I thought of this and I put this in here on August 28th of 2020 before you thought of your April episode. Oh, man. Or May. I don't know when this is going up anymore. We've done a lot of recording. It's it's hard to keep the calendar straight. No. Jay, I apologize. I'm very sorry. I did not mean to steal your idea. It's fine. It's the half white in you. Oh, literally the half white man. (laughs) Oh my God. Carry on. I want to throw in a few devil's advocates while we're at it. Oh, okay, everyone. This will be an interesting episode. So like Jay has alluded to, today we are going to discuss the 10 things we feel that we collectively as human beings should stop apologizing for. And apparently, I stole all of this from Jay. Not this article. I not this, ar- this article. Not this article, just the concept. So first, this first apology is warranted and necessary. Jay, I am very sorry. This idea probably stuck out in my head because I agreed with you and then just decided to live there. I forgive you. We can move on. Okay. And to quickly Google what the word sorry, the definition. So sorry as an adjective, feeling distress, especially through sympathy with someone else's misfortune. Number two, feeling regret or penitence, penitence, used as a polite request that someone should repeat something and or that one has failed to hear or understand. Number three, in poor or pitiful state or condition, unpleasant and regrettable, especially on account of incompetence or misbehavior. Used as an expression to disappoint or regret. That was just a strong word back there. Used as a regret of incompetence. Or incompetence. Ah. Incompetence or misbehavior. So that's what, when you say sorry, the dictionary says you're implying with that word. And that's incredibly heavy. It is. I was just going to say one of the reasons that sparked me back in August wanting to speak about this was I saw this thing of why do we apologize or when it was an article or a quote or something, we over apologize and train ourselves to be small was kind of the meaning. So the example given was you're at a big conference, everyone's breaking for lunch and you reach for a water bottle that someone else reaches for. And you say, oh, sorry. And what this person said, which I half agree with when I think about it, but I kind of more agreed with it in the beginning was you're telling yourself you made a mistake. You're misbehaving. You're repenting for incompetence. 
you're using it to discuss disappointment or regret or like all of these things. It's like, or you were thirsty and someone else was thirsty and it was an accident. But by saying all these things, especially with the definition that we're brought up to know what sorry means, we're instilling that in ourselves when someone else was thirsty, you were thirsty. Why are we saying sorry? Exactly. Like, how are you to know that you would reach for the same water bottle, reach for the same door handle at the same time, go for the same seat? But never reach for the check, ladies. I'm kidding. (laughs) No. I think it's one of those things where, especially when we're small, it just becomes one of those offhand catchphrases. Wait, do you mean like child small or like voiceless small? Child small. Okay. It just becomes like the quick catch-all phrase for politely saying, oh no, you go ahead. When in fact, we should just continue to say, you go ahead or your turn or I'll take the next one. Somehow, all of those became too difficult or they didn't seem like they were polite enough to use instead of sorry. Similarly, my bad has turned is another synonymous thing. It's not my bad that I wanted a water bottle or that I was in line before you at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And not to get too off topic, but a big thing I've been learning in books and therapy and everything is like when I'm bad versus I did a bad thing are two different things. So saying like, oh, my bad is like, I'm bad versus oops, this happened. Mm Because then you're not putting that on your character person. In this situation, my actions didn't match my intention or my actions didn't match my values or whatever. Today, we would like to empower you all to stop saying sorry and reclaim some of these other phrases. Here, here. What's our first one? Number one, apologizing for asking for help or asking questions. This can be anything from speaking up in a meeting and saying, oops, sorry, not meeting. That's a different one. (laughs) Right. This could be anything from asking for someone to help you move something or grab you something from printer in your office or asking how to use Excel on your computer if you're not super Excel savvy. Sorry guys, I work a lot. So a lot of my questions that are that have been prefaced by sorry within the last year have been work related. So that is okay. my catch so here, here. Just said sorry and explaining this. So what what was your intention behind using the word sorry? Because you're like, sorry guys, blah, 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 what you just said. Oh, well, my intention was to communicate that not all of these are work-related instances mm-hmm. that can happen when you're asking for help or asking a question and then you apologize. But this is just the way that my world has revolved for the last 300 and we're gonna go 70 some days because I stopped keeping count after March 12th. Fair. I feel like the thing with that that's difficult is being someone who doesn't want to be seen as a burden or anything. Say, I want to make sure if I am asking for someone's time, I'm acknowledging, hey, I'm taking time away from this. And what do we think is a better alternative to, hey, sorry about this, but blah, 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 blah. Like, no, that's very true because I think that we all want to be cognizant of the things that are going on for other people, particularly when they seem very busy. But at the same time, I think that we were able to show that appreciation by saying something like, thank you, or I'll grab yours next time. I feel like if it's a tight turnaround, then maybe, sorry, I hate to do this, but like we need this right now. But it's also, if it's not something that's needed immediately, this is all situational too. Like there are certain situations where you do, you should, I think, say sorry, but I don't think they all are like, hey, I know I'm new. Is there some time later today you can help me with X? And I think you don't need to say sorry because you don't know it because you're new or you don't have a skill. But I think the sorry comes in when it's like, 
a Mm -hmm. timely thing personally. Hey, Angela, sorry to do this, but like I need you to do this five minutes ago versus, hey, Angela, sometime in the next few days, can we get around to doing this or can you show me this? Right. There's like a difference. But I think people apologize in both and don't need to apologize in both because I think sorry is ownership. When you're apologizing and saying like, I'm sorry, it's an ownership thing and it's whether or not Mm -hmm. it's something you should own. Is it your fault no one taught you Excel? No, it's not the other person's fault either. Hey, I'm a little green. Is there any time on your calendar we can put to help me with this? I know you're very busy. Because for me, over apologizing has a greater effect on you giving the apologies than necessarily the person getting them. Because it's how you're reflecting and teaching yourself how to think and how to ask for what you want and what you need. And having to feel like you're incompetent, misbehaving, feeling regret. Here's the thing. I think that it is a little bit situational too, but you don't necessarily need to feel any of those things. If this is the 20th time that you're asking for the same thing, like say someone's like, oh, hey, like, can you show me where to find the pens? But this is the 20th time that they've asked you. Maybe you need a sorry. Maybe. Because then at that point, it's, Mm -hmm. you have to think about, it's like, well, did the person not show you? Like, have you been asking them because they haven't made the time for you? Or have you, or are you continuing to ask them because they go and get it for you? They do it for you? Whatever it is. It's, I think it's still one of those things where you could probably find a better way to communicate what you're, what you're looking for. I agree. Number two. No. This is no to plans, no to conversations, no to dates, declining to give someone your phone number. Ooh. Yeah, there's there's a lot in this section. Oof. So let's start with saying no to plans or the converse, which is wanting time for yourself or not wanting to attend, period. This is one that I adamantly stand by. You should never, ever have to apologize for this. But I think that this is one of those areas where it really is a two-way street. Do you feel that you need to apologize because you genuinely feel sorry? Or do you feel like you need to apologize or you're being guilt-tripped because you said no? Ooh, this one's a trigger for me. (laughs) And I don't disagree with you, but I think it's much more... I think this one to me is a lot. Oh, It can get very nuanced. I think for me, kind of the factors are, I don't think people should have to do what they don't want to do or if they're tired, they should have every right to do it. But I think it's a few things. It's like in a situation where it's like, Angela, let's go to Disneyland. And you're just like, no, I'm not feeling it. I think you kind of, if you would like that relationship with anyone, family, friend, significant other to sustain, you kind of can't just end it with, I'm not feeling it. I don't feel like this day, can we plan something else? I feel like if you're saying no, but you would like to keep that relationship going, it can be very vulnerable for someone to try to initiate something and getting shut down never feels great. If you're gonna say no, which you've ever had to do, and it's a relationship you plan to sustain, you also need to affirm and show that person you still want a connection or a relationship? Oh yeah, I I agree. So specifically when it comes to plans for me, new relationships have an 80-20. I have to say yes to 80% of the things to indicate my sustained interest and goal of a long-term established relationship with said person. And then 20% of the time I can say no. After about a year, that slips down into 70-30. And then at that point, I generally know a person well enough 
enough where we can have that conversation where I can say like, hey, if I say no, it's not because I don't want to spend time with you. I'm a person who likes to spend time with myself. I like to have weekends where I do nothing, see no one. That's just who I am. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to see you again. I know that that's very, it's very niche. It's very me. It's something that I need to have that conversation about. But I think also when it comes to not wanting to do something, every time that you're busy and all you can do is just fire off like a quick like, oh, sorry, like I can't this weekend should not need to be followed up at a later date with, oh, but let's do it this next weekend. Because what if you just don't want to do it? What if I did not like Disneyland? Full preface, I love Disneyland. But what if I didn't like it? Then you should say like, Disneyland's not my thing. Can we do something else? I think it needs to be clear. Some people in life, I am one of those, have a very difficult time with rejection. I have attachment issues. I have abandonment issues. We know this. So for me, and it's what I need to work on on my side, it feels very personal. But if you're someone, a friend, a significant other, someone who wants to sustain a relationship with me, I need some sort of affirmation that it's, I don't like Disneyland, but like, let's do something else. Like, I know you love brunch. I love Mm -hmm. brunch. Like, let's go get brunch sometime soon. And then if I am what feels like rejection, which I know is my own to work on, and I say, okay, you don't want to do Disneyland side, that's fine. Pick a date. Let's go to brunch. And you just be like, yeah, sometimes we'll get brunch. That still feels like I need a concrete, I can't do brunch this weekend, but let's make a plan. Even if it's like a little bit out that you would like on a time and a date to make time and space. Okay. So I can see that. But for me, where that gets a little difficult is the whole idea of changing plans. Because if I'm asking if you want to go to a specific place or do something, it's because I would like to go there or do said activity. If you then counter and say, oh no, but I'll do this. To me, that sounds like my plan wasn't good enough. So then... Okay, but go back to the Disneyland example. You just don't want to go to Disneyland with me. What do you say? Because I'd rather you count, like, I'd rather I'd hear say, Disneyland like, oh, sorry, I don't, I'm not a fan of Disneyland. And but then, you just said sorry. Oh, like, I'm not a fan of Disneyland. Sorry, I missed you. I don't know. Yes, again, there's a sorry. I, okay, I, I am an over-apologizer, guys. I, but here's the thing. I don't necessarily agree with any of the reasons that they list for my over-apologizing in various articles. Disneyland's not my thing. I'd love to spend time with you is there anything else we could do together? Or is there anything else you, if fine, if you don't want it to be changed plans, we'll flip it. Angela asks me to go. See, I think that just by saying, sorry, I'm not a fan. I think that just by saying, oh, I'm not really into Disneyland is, should be enough to indicate that I just don't want to go to Disneyland, not that I don't want to see you. But then make another plan with me. Oh yeah, I will totally make another plan with you. I will not immediately follow your plan with a counter plan because To me, that's like I'm trying to replace your plan. Because if you want to go to Disneyland, I want you to go to Disneyland and I will see you the next weekend or the next month or whenever we have the next time to see each other. But I'm not trying to take over your Disneyland weekend. I see a counter plan of me being like, hey, I want to go to Disneyland. And you being like, hey, I want to go to the zoo. It's like, okay, wait, like why, why are we saying For me, it's all about like communicating a reason. Like if it's just like, I don't want to go to Disneyland, but like I want to go to the zoo. I think it's not about one plan being more or less important or valid than the other. For me, it's a thing of like, I want the confirmation that, I mean, in your eyes, okay, here, let's flip the Disneyland. You want, you want me to go to Disneyland. I don't want to go to Disneyland. I don't like Disneyland. What if I said to you, hey, Angela, I don't love Disneyland. Is there anything else you'd like to do? Maybe we could try together. Because then it's still in your court to pick a new activity and I just express I don't like Disneyland. That is an acceptable response, but I still feel like it kind of goes into the territory of trying to change plans. 
But you can still go to Disneyland. Like I'm not stopping you from going to Disneyland that weekend. I'm just saying, is there another time on all, like, do I need to be more specific? Hey, Angela, I don't want to go to Disneyland, but is there another weekend of a different activity you would like us to try together? I would go, I would go more with, hey, like, I don't want to go to Disneyland. Can I see you when you get back? Because to me, then that leaves it open for the two of us to agree on an activity. Either you propose it or I propose it, but it's just that the indication of interest has been reciprocated. Yeah, this is where we're different. I want a specific activity. I want to know exactly what you want to replace and or change out the plan with. See, and I know that this this definitely... This is brunch all over again. It is. See, and I know that this specifically comes from times when I've proposed plans and then someone else has said, oh, but this restaurant is better or this movie is better. This place is more fun. And then I'm just like, well, that's not what I wanted to do. Like, I've never been here. I would like to see that movie. I would like to try this. See, and in situations where I've been in that, not with you, but with other people, I'm just like, we can do that next time, but this is what's proposed now. So you can come or not come. I have actually started doing that and it's working. I feel, I feel powerful. Thank you for that. When, wonder when I proposed that and told you that was an option. 2019. I can tell you because that's when I first tried it. I'm like, I've been doing it since high school. Hop on or hop off. <laughs> and the thing is like, Yes, I have control issues and I've gotten better letting Angela make plans and other people. I will say I, I used to be kind of a thing that I had many people tell me, well, do you give up for other people opportunities to make plans? It's like, well, like one weekend out of three, I made plans in advance. I didn't make a plan that they could have done it. <laughs> so I realized if I want other people to propose plans and to do things, I need to give them space to do that as well. But I'm very extroverted if I could be seeing people every weekend and doing anything from getting drunk at brunch to a wine taste. It's not all alcohol related. Just that's what I haven't done <laughs> in months. Years. It's been a year. I want to do things with friends as much as possible. And when everyone is not like me making a plan every single weekend, for me, it's about like a one to three. So for every four weekends in a month, I want one at home and I want four to be doing something at least one day. That would be my ideal schedule. That'd be my ideal socialization schedule. Like one one weekend completely free and then the other three weekends doing something Saturday or Sunday. That'd be my preferable schedule. I'm exhausted just listening to that. <laughs> yeah, so that's what, what I would like. I don't need, I like it sometimes, but also I've had a year of being, I'm like Lucy Camden. I've had a year of all by myself alone camp and I'm ready to socialize even more than ever. Oh my Lord. See, if yes. if only we could get you into loungewear, we'd get the perfect picture. No. Okay. All right. Okay. Number so, three. Oh, are we just skipping over conversations and dates? Or, okay. How do you feel about saying no to, con- to conversations and dates? I think, oh my God, there's this TikTok going viral. Like you can still be polite to men who are dry. Here's the thing. I think, again, I don't know it's if situational. They let you. I think it's situational. I think, I feel like this could be a whole episode in itself. So we, do you have a timer on your end? of the clock does it show I, you the time i do yeah okay at 28 minutes well, i don't know what time will be we're each gonna get a minute to talk about this and then we have to move on okay okay or do we do 30 seconds 30 seconds and then okay let's do 30 and 30 okay you get your first 30 and seven six i'm like freddie for my car five four three <laughs> two one okay so i believe that you should be able to say no or opt out of any conversation where you feel uncomfortable particularly if these are conversations with strangers who decide that they want to strike a conversation up with you on the bus outside of your office at a restaurant bar wherever if someone's talking about something that makes you feel uncomfortable you should fully be able to excuse Use yourself or deflect and not have them demand to give you a reason of why you're walking away or why you would like to change the subject or not discuss what they're talking about. 
Some people like to pry. Your 30 it. seconds is up. Dang it. Okay. Look at the clock. Like literally, that's why we have the clock. I know. Okay, go. I agree with Angela in the sense of you should be able to opt out of anything you're uncomfortable with. Strangers, especially with heterosexual and like men, they're taller, they're bigger. I get it. I think start out being courteous and human. Like don't be a, don't be asshole. But if it's not progressing and it's clearly there are not hints getting made, be strong. And that's not something you have to apologize for when you're taking your safety and your well-being into consideration first. But again, don't start off like swinging. Start off with a stern response of like, no, thank you. And if it continues to progress, you have every right to go because you're just getting larger. You're like a bear. You're standing in front of a bear and you're not moving. Don't budge. Cool. For dates, start me at the 40. To saying no on dates or for dates? No for dates. Go. If someone asks you on a date, whether you know them or they're a stranger, I think that you should be able to say no at any time without someone demanding a reason. Again, because you should just be able to say no. You shouldn't have to say like, oh, next time, or I am going to give you my number, like just to be polite or something like that. I think that it's fully within your wheelhouse to exercise your own autonomy and decide who you'd want to have the ability to communicate with you, have time. your information. Okay. I agree with you. I think though, the other side of that though, is asking someone on a date is a very vulnerable thing. And I think again, don't do anything you don't want to put yourself in, but also have a show, acknowledge, I don't want to say acknowledge the bravery, but like take some time. Think of how it would be if you were asking someone on a date and the way you would like to be rejected. I think you should try to acknowledge the human element and that they're trying something and you've every right to say no. And if they get aggressive, don't budge. But I think we need to honor the vulnerability and try to be a polite person. Oh, completely. By no means, don't be a jerk. Don't automatically just say like, ew, no, that's gross. But you also shouldn't have to have a between 10 to one hour conversation with a man oh, no. describing why you don't want to hang out with him. This, oh my God, Absolutely this happened not. to me in a bar once where this guy literally would not leave my table and I was waiting for a friend. So, and I got there early. So for 30 minutes, he just kept asking, he's like, well, why, why don't you want to go out with me? Like, is it because of this? Is it because of that? I think he, he almost took his shirt off at one point. It was very weird. And he was just like, I don't understand. He's like, is it my body? How am I in this situation right now? Yeah, that's not yours. Okay, exactly. next. Okay. All right. Number three out of 10. Yes. Number three, having feelings, whether you're oh, absolutely happy, agree. whether Period. you're happy, sad, angry, whatever, any feeling that you have has a right to be expressed at any moment. It's just that I think where people get upset or like weird about this is the size of your emotions. Like sometimes people get really upset when you're really happy. And I don't, I don't think that that's okay. Like you shouldn't have to apologize for being really happy, for smiling, for laughing, for sounding chipper. Like people are like, God, you're just so happy. It's like, oh, sorry. Like I didn't mean for like my emotions okay. to encroach on you. Like I think that's a, I think that's a double-ended one though. Okay, how so? For example, by the time this comes out, I will be fully vaccinated from COVID, fortunately, or as vaccinated as one can be. Yes. If you and I were hanging out when I got this news and I just started crying and planning trips and doing everything around you because I was just so excited and you then got upset by that, you also can't be, you can't, you have to let the other person 
have their feelings as well. Yes. Neither person should have to apologize, but it's also not like uh, someone else having feelings is not taking away your feelings. Mm-hmm. But also like, but I think someone someone asking you to hold in your feelings or express them in a way that is comfortable for them, I don't think you should have to apologize for that. Oh, I agree. I just think like in the example I was giving, like if you got really upset and I was like, Angela, like this is my, it's like, no. Or if it was the other way around or if it was something like you're going on a vacation with your big and I was jealous and I was like, you were really happy and I was kind of not rude, but I was like, I got like, I started crying. Both need to be able to exist in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And neither one should be a sorry about that. Like I shouldn't be, like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sad I'm not planning a trip. But it like, I don't need to apologize, but it's also like work on holding space for yourself and for the person you're interacting with or who's having feelings. Yes. Coexistence. It's great. Number four. Your eating habits. This is everything from being hungry, wanting a second helping, following a specific diet. Hmm. Whatever your eating habits are, they're your eating habits. You chose them for yourself. It's how you live your life. They're not necessarily impacting another person. I will say that this gets a little bit complicated Hmm. when people decide to then try to impose their eating habits on other people who do not follow the same. I don't think that that's okay. Okay, I have two things about this. One, eat the way you want to eat. No one has the right to judge you. If you have a very specific diet and or regimen of things, you need to actively be looking for those restaurants. It's not my responsibility to find foods to accommodate every single one of your either preferences or allergies. Both are valid, but it's not my job to always look for those. I'm going to do the best I can, but if the the restaurant I has have three options for you and you want more, you need to do the work and and try to find restaurants that accommodate whatever your food things are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. For example, I have a shellfish allergy, but it's my choice whether or not I want to be accommodating and go to dinner with my friends at a sushi restaurant. And then I know that I'm only eating rice or teriyaki chicken while they have sushi. That's my decision. It's not up for me to say, hey, I can't eat anything here. We need to find another restaurant. And I think vice versa. If hypothetically, all your friends only ever wanted to eat sushi, right? Mm-hmm. It's not your job to be like, guys, I'm allergic to shellfish. Think about it. It's like, it would be, to me, it's like you're, you can also be like, hey guys, I found this great restaurant with your accommodations. Can we try this restaurant instead since we've gone to sushi so much? It's about being a respectful person. <laughs> Respect your friends. Respect, know what your friends' food allergies and or preferences are. Exactly. So for example, I'm a part of a vegan supper club. I'm not a vegan, but a lot of my friends are. Thank God. And like, this is my way of being respectful to their food choices. And it's a way for us to spend time together. And I try something new and I found restaurants that I really like. And I'm also not the only non-vegan in this vegan supper club. Number five, four, six. Number five, not replying to calls or texts immediately. I'm also going to throw emails in there as well, because this is something that has come up for me at work recently, because all I do is work. I get an email, then within five minutes, I get a phone call. If I don't answer the phone call, I get a voicemail. Then in another five minutes, I get a text message asking if I've seen the email, the call, or the voicemail. And then someone else will then reach out to me 10 minutes later and say, hey, so-and-so couldn't get a hold of you 
did you see any of their messages? Yes, I was responding to their email within that 10 minutes. I feel like work is a little different, but maybe you have a rebuttal to that. I feel like if you're on the clock, I mean, if you're working on it, then they're being a dick. But I think it's one thing if I text you and like, you're, I'm not going to text you back to it. It's another thing if like work wants to get a hold of you and like you're not responding. Oh yeah, completely. Here's the thing. If you call, email, text, whatever, I think that you should do one of those things once in a work scenario and only use all of those other options if it's absolutely imperative that you get a hold of me at that moment. If you just want to make sure that I received your email, there's no need to do the rest of that because oh, I yeah, think that fine. I should have that's fine. Like 15 I thought to 20 minutes like- to be able to respond to your email. Oh no, someone someone emailed me and asked if I could buy someone else pens and then called four times, left a voicemail, sent two follow-up emails and a text message all within a one hour period while I was in a meeting. meeting. I'll get to it later. Yeah, that's what I said. But it was like, no, I was like, I'm in a meeting right now. I will address this at say like 11 a.m. when I'm out of the meeting. Yeah, I agree. I think socially is different. I personally, again, very weird. I don't love it. I think the most awkward thing, and I think this is just in general with communications, like if I'm texting Angela and we're going back and forth for like 20 minutes and then like she just drops off it's a little bit like what and it's like again not entitled to time not but it's like also weird because you don't want to say like goodbye like that was a big thing in middle school like making sure you said goodbye and hello every time you would text someone I think we dropped that because we but I think it's definitely a thing of like oh my god right I don't know I think I I agree with this one I think no one's entitled to your response but again be respectful here but also don't be and leave someone on red for three days if they require a response. Number six, speaking your mind. This is having an opinion, speaking up, speaking out, having a difficult conversation. None of this should Um, have to be prefaced or ended with a sorry. Ooh, okay. I'm, yes. And I think there is a time for a sorry. When speaking up, I think it's like, or not, I guess it doesn't necessarily need to be a sorry, but it's like, I am an aw- I am aware, and I hope Angela's too. We are not Black Indigenous people roaming the oh earth. Oh my God, we're not. So when we speak on these issues, I think there needs to be a very clear stance of not. I'm sorry, I'm speaking about this, or I'm sorry, I feel this way. But it's like I acknowledge my position. My in general, I acknowledge my positions of privileges, and I acknowledge what I acknowledge. My feelings are valid, and I'm gonna make my statement. And I'm more than happy and willing to get feedback and change my opinions with more information. It's longer, but I think that's what needs to be said in place of sorry. Because I don't think you need to apologize like I'm sorry to X, Y, and Z community, but I think it's the thing of like, I'm aware of where I'm coming from and I would be more than happy to continue and or change an opinion based on new facts given. I accept this one. No, I think what I- Accept my answer or accept what they said? Your answer. Got it. I accept this one. I think that the way that I think of it is more when you have a tough conversation to bring up, you don't, you do not need to apologize for someone else's uncomfortability. I think we need to think of different words because like if I have something hard to bring up with you, I want to preface it being like, hey, like I know this is going to be hard or something. It's like you you want to preface it with something, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily, I agree. I don't think sorry is necessarily the correct term, but I think prefacing it, it feels better to preface it. Yeah. Don't hit people out of left field. That's not nice. Mm-hmm. Number seven, taking time off of work. This is anything from like taking your vacation time or taking Tell sick days. Tell me you're from America without telling me you are from America. Never taking sick days. 
Take your sick days. Take all your PTO. You're entitled to it. You should not feel pressured to not take a vacation or go into work if you have a fever. It makes no sense because then, okay, I've never understood going into work when you're sick because then you're more likely to then pass your germs to other people in the office and then you get the whole office sick. And how is anyone in the office appreciative of that? Because then all of their productivity is slowing down and everybody has to work while they're sick. Yeah, but people aren't looking at the greater productivity because if they were, our work day would be significantly shorter. Oh, that would be glorious. I think that... I think my sweet spot is working 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. I would just take that an hour earlier. Okay. Like 8.30 to 2.30. 8 to 4.30 were always like my favorite shifts to have because mm-hmm. I could always make dinner plans or do things after with enough time to relax, but I was getting up early so I felt productive with mm-hmm. my day. But yes, take your time off. In the words of the now felon and or criminal Abby Lee Miller, everyone is replaceable. <laughs> So take your time exactly. Off. Number eight, being afraid. Ooh, that I think is a personal one. Like you need to personally work on that because it isn't something you should be apologizing mm-hmm. for. No, I think whether it's a rational fear, an irrational fear, I think that that's something that you have to work on, but other people should also be respectful of the space that you need to work on that. Here, here. Number nine, your achievements. Never apologize Ooh. for your achievements. Your degrees, your promotions, any sort of honors that you win. Like if you're, don't apologize for that. Don't let anyone ever like make you feel small or it's insignificant. It's all a really big deal because you achieved something. That's a toughie. Oh, are you talking about the idea of participation awards and things like that? No, like it's just tough for me to own and feel worthy of my achievements because my achievements always feel like not undeserved titles but when you hear someone with a title or you hear something and then you, I feel what I actually am it feels like there's a disconnect oh I fully agree there I I have the same thing I I downplay a lot of them I actually have a really hard time accepting thanks as well whenever people tell me thank you like I cringe oh I love being told thank you I could use oh my more god of it. yeah I'm always just like oh uh, yeah no that's that's what I was supposed to do cool bye I think this is not nearly the same of what we're talking about but kind of similarly in the Meghan Markle interview she uses the quote like you're judged off the perception but you're living the reality and that's how I feel with achievements the the only one I can kind of think of right now is like I made it into the Greek honor society at college and like everyone's like oh wow oh wait no let me change this recently I was fortunate enough because of another person in the podcasting class we took to be featured in an article of 30 Asian American podcasts you should listen to that's pretty cool and it's really cool yes thank you and Angela assisted and or ghost writ a lovely paragraph for me when people hear that one of my uncles said oh wow like one of 30 and it's a thing of it wasn't like they took the they rounded up every Asian podcaster and ranked us. It was just because she happened, I happened to know the person, which I guess is how most things work in the world, which is odd to think Mm -hmm. about. But it's like the perception of being one of 30 was like a big deal. And for me, it's like, we have like the least amount of Instagram followers on the thing. Like it felt odd. It's not, not something to be proud of, but it felt like something grander than what I am. So it's hard to not feel like awkward in yourself. We're working on it. I'm working on it. Me and my personalities are working on it. (laughs) No, I, I definitely understand that. And I think as far as your one of 30 goes, yes, it is about who you know. But at the same time, this person felt that you were a person that they knew who was notable enough for other people to be aware of and look out for. (laughs) (laughs) Number 10 is how you look or your appearance, your hair, your clothes, your makeup. I do this one a lot. I 
very often apologize for my hair. I'm like, oh, sorry, it's a mess today. Sorry, it got wet. Sorry, I had no time to do it. I haven't had a haircut in forever. Sorry. I think it's one of those weird ones that goes into the idea of what is generally respectable, what meets society or cultural norms, what, what matches the style of your friends even. Complicated. I feel like I'm on the opposite end of that where I always get told, God, you're overdressed. Sorry. I don't to like we we rebranded you as overprepared a few episodes ago got it it's the same thing of like why does how i dress have any impact on the way you dress exactly i think it's one of those things that goes both ways we have a lot of feelings about both of them and Mm -hmm. we we really don't need to have any feeling on it because it just is what it is i know like to me personally I might feel like I'm having a bad day. That doesn't necessarily see that the world feels me, that that the world sees me as having a bad day. I feel like I rolled out of bed, threw on whatever I could find, twisted my hair up, and went out with no makeup. I feel like I look gross. That does not mean that I am gross. Here, here. I also think that why are we, I think this kind of goes into everything kind of dismantling and unlearning everything. Why if I look like a 10, why does that automatically make you a 5? Exactly. We need to remember is that like all of this stuff exists independently from each other and we should celebrate each other and uplift. Here, here. That was number 10. Yep, that is number 10. So I feel like if we were to give three or two, well, if I were to give two words to sum up this list, it's, oh crap, I had it a few, I had a few ago. It's, uh, oh, it's respect and affirm, I think is what I was going to go with. I like those words. Respect and assure, I don't know. But it's kind of like always be respectful and you don't have to and try to assure or stand in your power, but also be res- be respectful of the situation you're entering and like acknowledge. I think acknowledge was the other one. I think it's respect and acknowledge. Acknowledge the other person and do it respectfully good rule of thumb if you're being respectful you you most likely will not need to apologize i was pulling up these articles of like stop apologizing 10 alternatives to say and i remember this one i told angela and she gave me an example that squashed this one immediately which is find a way to say thank you so and i was like so when i'm late to brunch Jay, do you want to hear like, thank you for waiting? I'm like, I want to wring your neck if you say thank you for waiting. Absolutely not. I want an apology. I want you to grovel. I want you to comp my food. Absolutely not. So I think there are some situations where thank you are are appropriate, but like not, it's, it's not as many as you would think. And I think respond with actions, not words. I'm an actions person, but I do think it takes something to admit out loud. Um, something I've, I've been watching the morning show on Apple TV and something that Reese Witherspoon said to Jennifer Aniston's character that I think could be used in a lot of situations. I know you and I had talked about like that sometimes you should be saying sorry. And there are plenty of uses, which we can go into when you should be apologizing. But she said something like that sounds like a heavy weight you're carrying. I hear that you're carrying a lot which I think is a great alternative to sorry in terms of sadness or anything Mm -hmm. like there's a lot on I can tell there's a lot on your heart but like I can see that you're carrying a lot right now I think is another wonderful way of not having to say I'm sorry of x I like that one. I also thank you for listening. Um, I think excuse me is just another one that really needs to make a comeback. Like anytime that you bump into someone, knock something over, something like that, excuse me works. You don't need to say you're sorry. If it's an accident, things like that. If you intentionally going out, I don't know, what's a good example here? If you were intentionally barreling your way down the street because you were late to catch the bus and you bump into someone and knock them over, say sorry. Say yeah, sorry. Say sorry. If you accidentally like jog someone because like you trip like just say like oh excuse me yeah I know before we did this episode you had a thing we're not to bring up you being devil's advocate <laughs> again but you really were like 
people need to stop telling me I can't apologize. Oh, I still agree with that. I fully believe that it's condescending if someone is, if someone has said sorry to you, like say with the water bottle example, like you reach for the same one and like the other person says like, oh, sorry, and then grabs the next one. It's kind of condescending for you to be like, what are you sorry for? Or you don't need to say sorry. To me, that feels very rude. I think it's another thing if you're having a conversation with someone and they're expressing something to you and sorry's coming up a lot, you can feel like, oh, like, you know, you, you really don't need to be sorry. Like, I I understand. Or like if you're trying or if you're the person, if you are the person who is saying sorry for reaching for that water bottle or sorry that they had a bad day or I'm sorry to hear that your dog died, none of those things, you were not directly related to any of those things. So you have nothing to be sorry for, but it is a way of expressing sympathy. So don't attack someone for trying to express their sympathy. But what if you're trying to like, let's say you and I reach for the water bottle and I want to be like, no girl, like you don't need to, like trying to help. I mean, I guess you just don't help. It's like the point is like, like, oh, like no need to apologize. Like we're good. Yeah. Like I'd say like, oh, like no need to apologize. Or I'd say like, oh, excuse me. Because I think that that's a way by leading, that's a way to lead by example. But like give, okay, wait, what? Enact this with me. We're reaching, we're reaching for a water bottle. Oops. Sorry. Didn't see you. Oh, no worries. Excuse me. But then you're both kind of owning it when neither of you should be owning it. No, no, not necessarily. No, no worries. Excuse me. I've grabbed the water bottle. I could grab the water bottle and hand it to you. I could grab a different water bottle. I think it is just all about the actions that you're following up with because generally when we say sorry, we then reach back into ourselves and we hold on. But by extending out to another person, you're kind of opening that back up and it's it's not this like strange interaction anymore because I think that when people like clench back up, it's a trigger. It's almost like a fear response. So by opening up to them, you're hmm. helping retrain their brain to make those interactions a little less fearful, a little less anxiety filled. I agree. I don't love the what are you apologizing for, but I do think the oh, no need to apologize. I hear hearing like, oh, no need to say sorry. Like, I think the what are you apologizing for is different than the oh, no need to apologize. Because I think hearing that also affirms me, you're right, this isn't a situation that I have to apologize Mm -hmm. for personally. I agree. And I think that just especially depending upon the way that things are set up, if there's a power dynamic involved or the type of situation, sometimes it can only make the person apologizing like feel more uncomfortable. Like I know in my very first job, I like didn't understand how to clock in. So I was five minutes late when I reported to my manager for training. So I got there and said, oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I had trouble with the punch machine. I was like, I this won't happen again. And then she then proceeded to yell at me for 10 minutes for being late. And I then said sorry again. And then she was like, stop apologizing. You sound so weak. Get out of here. I apologized once. You didn't let it go. You said the same. She essentially repeated the same five sentences over and over again. So it felt as if I needed to say more. But she didn't want to hear me say more. She just wanted to continue to yell at me. So it's really awkward because situations like that often happen, like particularly when there are power dynamics involved. Like I know I've been in other situations where things like that have happened and I've tried to go the route of not apologizing and say like, oh, thanks for catching that or oh, like I will be sure to do that next time. But the conversation has continued until I've actually said the words, I'm sorry. 
So I think that as people, we also need to be cognizant of the way that we are addressing certain situations. Because if you're specifically looking for the words, I'm sorry, think about why you're asking for someone to apologize to you. Definitely. That's what I was going to say. My favorite new, I don't want to say toy because it's not a toy, phrase, things I've been working with, recommended to me (laughs) is the serenity prayer, which I'm sure most people have heard. If not, it's heard referenced. It's the one that they use in AA, Al-Anon. And I think for people with anxiety, depression and or control issues all of which I have it's just kind of a good reminder so whenever kind of a situation arises it's like break it down especially when you're apologizing for a past action it can't change Angela give me a scenario any scenario um not any oh no not 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 (laughs) I invite you to go to the movies but then you forget Okay. So I'm standing outside the theater waiting for you to arrive and it's been about 30 minutes now. Okay. So like walk through the serenity prayer. I've realized like I'm running late. I get there. So the first thing, accept the things I cannot change. I can't change the fact that I'm late. I can't go back in time. I don't have a watch. I don't have a time turner. The pin particles. I don't have anything to do. We can't, we can't do anything. Yes. The courage to change the things I can. I can make amends. I can acknowledge like, oh my gosh, I, here's the thing that I don't like in apologies is when people put it on something else. Like my alarm didn't go off, whatever happened because for me that's that intent versus impact thing of like I get shit happens but like the result is Angela waiting outside the movie theater for 30 Mm -hmm. minutes so it's a thing of like I'm trying to think of what I would like to hear in that situation see and that is hard to identify because generally when we think about these things we're just like oh I'm looking for an apology or like I'm looking for acknowledgement but those are those are two separate things maybe instead of like I'm sorry it's like I know I mean maybe it is the thing it's like I know I Thank you. I know I kept you waiting. I realize I'm running late. Okay. For me, when it comes to time, more than the apology, I want the acknowledgement that, which may or may not be right of me to want, I'm still working on it, is the acknowledgement of, yeah, because I guess here's the problem where it's like an internal and an external thing. It's like, I feel like when someone's late on me, my time was not valuable enough for you to get there on time, for you to do that. But really, it has nothing to do with me when someone else runs late. It really doesn't. And so it's a thing of figuring out how within myself to, it's like making an apology and an amends with myself. Oh, that's interesting. Because I need to realize like, this was an activity in one of the books I was reading. And it's very interesting. It was like, okay, take a, take a situation of like why you're annoyed with your friend. So for this example, we'll use Angela because I don't want to talk about anybody else. Take talk about anyone else without their consent here. Angela runs late. And so it's kind of like, they're like, okay, write down the thing that like bothers you most about a person. And then write about everything you'd lose if they were no longer in your life and see if that balances out and then weigh that thing. I know that for a boundary that Angela and I put in place pre-pandemic with brunches, I would not leave my house until I got a confirmation Angela was in the correct city for brunch. <laughs> Angela was in the city in which brunch was being Yes. Had. I would not leave my house because I knew I was closer and I knew that shit happens, whether it's her, whether she did it intentionally, whether it happened unintentionally, shit happens. And I was tired of getting to restaurants and waiting 20, 30 minutes for her and or other friends. So I just drew that line. So it didn't. So I was no longer in that situation. So then no one would need to apologize because it's like, hey, I don't want this to build up between us. Here's what I need to be comfortable going forward. And if you are uncomfortable with that, what can we, what's another solution so that we can both get our needs met here? So you're not overly apologizing and or having to apologize. And I'm not holding resentment for not getting an apology for something that can't be controlled and or rectified from that point. So I think it's essentially what we've discovered here today is that there's work 
to do on both ends of both mm-hmm. the apologizer and the apology recipient in order to rectify this issue fully. It is a tough one though, because I think when it comes to apologizing, when apologies are really necessary and the correct thing to do, that can be very difficult for people. I know there are some people that I've never heard them apologize ever. Oh my God. Also PSA. This is not an apology. I'm sorry you took it that way. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry, got any more? Mm, no, I think those are the two big ones. And also the tone that goes with those. Cause I've been talk, I, I did talk about this one specifically with my therapist. Like, what do you say instead of like, I'm sorry you feel that way if you don't feel you have anything to apologize for? Cause like, I think a lot of times people- Definitely don't say, I'm sorry you feel that way. No, but what she said is, or what I think is really important is like, I say something that Angela doesn't appreciate and I don't think I should apologize to her. Either one, I cannot apologize to her. Or two, it's like, again, impact versus intent. Impactfully, I hurt a friend or I upset her or I did something, which you don't want. Ideally, you don't want to intentionally hurt your friends. I'm sorry, my intention was not to hurt you. So you don't need to necessarily, I don't think, because it's like what you say is never really half the thing you're apologizing or the person wants you to Mm -hmm. own. It's the acknowledgement that their feelings were hurt. So it's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings or I can see I hurt you and I want to apologize. Mm-hmm. Because you should, if you hurt your friend or someone you care about, you should you should feel sorry about that. You should want to make amends and acknowledge that they're hurt. Even if you don't think you did anything wrong, whatever you did hurt them. Exactly. I think it goes along the same lines as well as when we'll have discussions of things that have happened that do warrant an apology and it's okay, great. So you're apologizing and taking full responsibility for everything that happened between us. Well, no, because there are two people involved in this and we had a misunderstanding. There was unrealized intent, like all of these different things. It's not, it's never 100% on one person. Mm -hmm. So again, I think that just goes back to the idea of, or when someone has extended a genuine apology to you and you're like, not enough, or you want to keep talking about it, you continue like bringing it up years and years think about what it is that you're actually looking for there or similarly just differently phrased that like my brain would interpret a little better what need is missing what what is unfulfilled and is it realistic because if you're still holding on to it i mean first before that i think you need to validate that there's something missing like there's a need that is unfulfilled and then ask yourself is it realistic what is fair in this situation but i think At first, you need to validate and acknowledge there's something here that I can't let go Mm -hmm. of. Then you explore the why, you have open conversations about it, and we don't let things fester and boil and take five years off of our life and stress. No, I'd rather do that with salt. Oh my god, okay. I had potato chips yesterday. First time having them in a year. I was so happy. Oh my god. Let the salt take years off your life. Not, not pent up a grip. Exactly. Save it for the good things. Salt bacon, a margarita. Here, here. And on that note, thank you for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paratus. Grab your coffee bowl and don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at In Omnia Pod on Instagram and let us know what you want to hear about in the comments. Bye. Respect and acknowledge. <laughs>